Welcome to Outwit Outplay Out Pod, the podcast where fire takes represent your life. I'm Isaac. I'm Kayla. And we're here to talk about Survivor Season 45, Episode 3, No Man Left Behind. Kayla, the tribe has spoken, but we have not. What is your fire take from this week's episode? My fire take of this week's episode is actually something my boyfriend said, and he wanted an attribution like my wife, Nina. So my boyfriend, Aaron, (laughs) actually said this, and his fire take was get greedy, get got, which is anytime the survivor castaways do too much, it always ends up shooting them in the foot. And I thought, what a fun and concise way to put that age old adage. So shout out to Aaron. My fire take this week is courtesy of you. And give us some context here. Who got greedy and got got this week? <sighs> Sabaya didn't play her idol. In fact, we can, we're we going to talk about this later in the episode. I can't even talk about it. I'm traumatized by that entire scene. <laughs> that whole tribal. I mean, I think more than half of this episode needs to be about the tribal council alone. There was a lot happening at Lulu. Um, okay, my fire take this week is slight, in a slightly different vein. No more horror film ads during Survivor. I do not know what is going on where advertisers think that the survivor demographic is good to hit with exorcism, possession, demons. I don't want any of this. (laughs) Every time we hit a commercial break on Survivor, I'm closing my eyes. I'm like muting the television, everything. I'm just like leaving the room. And it honestly, slightly, especially in these 90 minute episodes, like, I, I, sh- I don't want to be dealing with this. Like, I've got blood pressure issues as it is. Like, I, I don't need the Survivor horror show literally parading on during my commercial break. So please hear me. Also, tell me if you agree or not, if you're listening to the pod. Are Survivor listeners, like a, watchers, a good demographic for horror films? I, I've never met one who's interested in both. That's my little theory is that the Venn diagram does not connect. Anyway, this week in this episode, we're going to break down what was a pretty extraordinary episode of Survivor, in my opinion. Uh, We're going to call court into session for Mock Tribal. We're going to play a game Kayla invented called A Little Bit of Luxury. And we're going to end with our favorite segment, of course, Survivors on the Move. With that, Kayla, should we kick off with a recap? You call this episode extraordinary. What did I call it? Extraordinary? extraordinary could be a positive thing it could be a negative thing i think our listeners will have to stay tuned to see what i mean by it but it was definitely out of the ordinary okay continue with the recap (laughs) thank you so much all right so starting at lulu after tribal council emily thanks her tribe mates for sparing her but she knows there's some fishy math going on they only heard jeff read two votes at trial tribal and Sabaya chooses not to come clean about having lost her vote due to the beware advantage. At Bello, Jake appears to have a minor seizure and then bonds with his new buddy Kendra. And at Reba, Dee and Julie catch Austin and Drew searching for the idol. But Drew and Austin decide to lie and say they saw Sifu looking there instead of coming clean about the beware advantage. At the reward challenge, Lulu and Reba win fruit with Lulu getting first place by a big margin breaking their lossless streak winless streak, I should say, Lulu picks Caleb to go and raid Reba's camp, where he'll get to steal one item from their tribe and give a player of his choice, secretly, a goodwill advantage, which is an advantage that is, lets you restore the vote of someone who has lost their vote at tribal. Needless to say, Drew very excited to get an advantage like this since his good buddy Austin has lost his vote 
due to finding the beware advantage. Kayla, what'd you think about the first part of this episode? There was a lot happening. I'm going to just come clean and say we tried to fast forward a little bit through like some commercial or Aaron doesn't really like watching the like opening credits, which as you know from last week, I think is a terrible take. Um, Who had a seizure? Jake appears to have a minor seizure. We, oh. when we joined the episode, they were at the water well just kind of chatting and I just assumed that they had started chatting. Yeah, so for for Kayla and our (laughs) listeners, um, by the way, listeners, a little too high a bar to count on us to watch the whole episode as you tune into this podcast. So please lower your expectations. I'm so embarrassed. (laughs) So what happened is it was a very weird moment, but there's just a, it's just a random casual moment. Kendra and Jake are hanging out at camp and Jake falls and sort of, there's like a bit of rigidity and sort of unfocused eyes. And he's just saying like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Like he's like repeating himself multiple times. And he's like, I don't know what's going on. And Kendra's like, are you okay? Are you okay? And it seems like it's sort of passed largely within 15, 10, 15 seconds. And then he Do sort they of get seemed medical? to be. Okay. Well, this is a topic I wanted to discuss. We never saw a medical called. I have to think that if someone has a seizure, they immediately get a medical checkout, right? I mean, that has to be the policy. That has to be the policy. It has to be. I also was reading an article today about survivor rules, and like three of the rules were dedicated to basically getting immediate medical care when necessary. Yeah, so I don't know what the deal is. I'm going to go ahead and assume that it did happen just because it was caught on camera. How could they not? But to me, I do think it's relatively important that you – include some indication that medical was called like even if it's just a line from jake saying like medical took a look at me and they said it's just blah 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 like don't you don't even have to show right, it, we don't but... need to see the footage but i do think there should be some acknowledgement that they were checked thoroughly yeah I especially totally if we're getting medical for like sprained ankles and other stuff during challenges which like yeah sure sure sure, sure. they should also get medical yeah but, like it's an ankle Huh. I've seen okay. medical called for a lot less. Yeah. So it was odd. This adds a lot of context because I was literally like, why are they chatting? Like, oh, so weird. I was like, just guess, guess it's finally time for them to get together. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, How Kendra said that <laughs> Kendra said that viewing this seizure triggered sort of like a protective instinct in her. And that is why she like all of a sudden seems to be buds with Jake, who is the guy who she was sort of like gunning for because he's a lawyer. Right. So yeah, that led to an about face for Kendra. I think it's probably good that Kendra is making some inroads with Jake because there was a one-off comment. I feel a couple episodes ago with Kelly, where she was kind of discussing the women's alliance but also said she could kind of she wants to be someone that could also hang with the boys and so that whole thing felt a little mushy and we haven't seen enough of the blue team to for me to understand where this is going to go but I like that Kendra's opening up her options here yeah I think it's good that Kendra is exploring but I kind of want to take that back honestly because Kendra just like it was a very emotional decision for her then to sort of try to forge this bond with Jake. And I'm sort of getting the sense that Kendra is more of a heart and not head player, which is fine. Like you can make a lot of friends that way, but I was a little surprised that Kelly and Katura weren't sort of like upset with her 
that she had sort of without the Alliance's blessing approached Jake and sort of begun to bring him in. I do think it's bad news for Bruce because it does seem like should Bello go to a tribal council, Bruce would be pretty low on the totem pole. But we'll see. Uh, Kayla, you had a note here about nobody liking Sifu. What did you want to say about that? Um, He's just such a big personality. And we see that a lot in the deleted scenes. We see it a lot in the Get to Know the Cast, which I think argues for maybe we shouldn't be watching Get to Know the Cast. But he seems like a personality. He's gotten no screen time. And he's not in the Core 4 Alliance, which is making me believe that something is off. I can kind of understand why Jay is left out of the Core 4 Alliance, though I think it's a mistake because she is a puzzle mastermind. And I think a lot of challenges could be won um, with her and her alone. So I think not bringing her in is at their detriment. But... Sifu is also on the outs, which makes me think there's something we're not seeing that he's actually rubbing people the wrong way. What do you think? Yeah, I think I don't know why the division in Reba is what it is. I think it's been tough where we've had so much time with Lulu that we like are still kind of catching up to the tribe dynamics on Reba, Reba and Bello. Um, but yeah, the thing I want to talk about with Reba, Reba is just like the buffoonery of Austin and Drew, especially Drew. Not buffoonery. The self-styled smartest player player in Survivor history. <laughs> the way he panicked when D and Julie came up on him oh digging. Oh my goodness. He like <laughs> He was like I'm digging. I'm digging. <laughs> he like he he said nothing for a long time then he walked the opposite direction. His eyes. I've never seen someone's eyes so wide, but I think Drew's weakness might be a complete lack of a poker face. And they do end up coming clean later in this episode, but that was a pretty bad unforced error. And if I'm D and Julie, I'm like, okay, maybe this four alliance is not as tight as I thought. Yeah, I think there was no reason for the four alliance not to be tight until Drew did some weirdness. And honestly, I do think they should have told them about the idol at the point where you are choosing to be in this four alliance. That is literally the point in these early days to kind of idol hunt together and use your advantages together in whatnot. Not telling them really made them look weird and they're going to remember that going forward and especially d d read that immediately clocked immediately she was like y'all are being weird and i think a lot of that is her amazing intuition but also a lot of that is that they have no like tact at all or they think that people aren't looking at them when we're all on an island together with nothing else to look at for 24 hours a day and so i think doing this to d specifically was like big dumb big dumb yeah yeah i'm 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 buying on d i think that she has really really good instincts and it was pretty obvious this episode also i love her accent like hearing her speak amazing the last thing about this first part of the episode I do want to uh, compliment Sabaya on her final parting shot to Brandon, who departed in the previous episode. Sabaya literally basically says, I was a Marine, and I always thought no man left behind was the correct mantra. But then I met Brandon, and we needed to leave Brandon behind. I just had to register that for just how absolutely savage that was. She was wrong for that. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't need to do she that. She came at it. He was already down bad. He was. 
All right, Isaac, bring us into part two. Yeah, so second leg of the recap here. Uh, at Reba, Caleb is in full schmooze mode, given that he's gotten to raid the Reba tribe. And he's talking to each player individually, laying on the compliments a little thick. He steals Reba's fishing gear, but leaves their spear. And after Drew opens up to Caleb about his safety without power advantage, Caleb gives Drew the goodwill advantage, which Drew quickly shares with the rest of his alliance. After Caleb leaves, Austin comes clean to Dee and Julie about his beware advantage, and the four team up to find it. Dee and Julie dig up a rope attached to a hammer, which Austin uses to smash a rock that contains the idol, but there's a twist, as Kayla mentioned earlier. The idol is only good for one tribal. However, if you sacrifice your vote in a tribal council, you can use the idol until all players are living on the same beach. And if you sacrifice your vote a second time, the idol is playable until final five. At the Lulu camp, Emily's positive vibe has hit its stride, so much so that Sabaya pitches Emily and Sean on voting out Caleb, knowing he's a big social and challenge threat that she doesn't want to sit next to at the end. At Balo, the guys are fishing and the girls are strategizing. Katura is not so subtly highlighting, underlining, and emphasizing anything negative people say about Bruce, and Brando and Kelly continue to play the middle. At a cartwheeling, heavy-lifting, 3D puzzle immunity challenge, surprise, surprise, Lulu loses once again. For a third straight episode, we will watch Lulu go to tribal. Kayla, your thoughts on this middle section of the episode? Um, number one, someone said Lulu losers during this episode, and I was yeah. like, that's hysterical, and <laughs> they should keep that. Um, so I think the producers are making an error here. Basically... Because of Lulu's dwindling numbers, we're going to do that thing where we split into two tribes because there's no option and like shuffle everything around. Maybe we're not, but I'm pretty sure we are. But because of that, I think it's forcing up the calendar a little bit early and they should have waited to do the reward being like the pilfering from someone else's camp. Like they got stuck in a hard place because Lulu can't use any of the materials because God bless them. They have not had Flint for days. So this is kind of a useless act, but you can't really do it at two, which is quickly approaching because what, you're just going to go to the other camp and take something. And they're already probably going to shuffle things about when you have to do that. We'll call it a mini merge. Um, But when they went here, there haven't been that many episodes. Like there's no tarp. There's no like, little knife or no cooking supplies are often things that are often usually in the mix no pillows or comfort items which I don't think we've done in a couple seasons but normally there's more things to pick through and kind of to mess with people but it was pointless here one because Lulu doesn't have fire and two because there's only been two challenges for which you could even take anything at all like what was the point why did they do this yeah that's a really good point and what I'd add to it is the whole not having flint thing, uh, or if a, if a tribe loses taking their flint, it's all well and good for Jeff to say that, but they then don't show the consequences, I feel like, of that deprivation. And I feel like what you're saying is they don't show the consequences and there don't appear to be dramatic consequences associated with Caleb taking the fishing gear from Reba. So like you got you to gotta give us a payoff exactly. to some of these choices that they're making. What did we think about the... And he left with the spear. Dumb. Yeah. I'm taking it all. If I'm taking something, I'm taking everything. 
What did we think about the new idol? You mentioned in your fire take that you're a fan of the dramatic possibilities it creates. Just to play devil's advocate, I generally like it too, and we'll see it work out to dramatic effect with Sabaya to a degree. It is pretty complicated. And I will say the goodwill advantage is the goodwill advantage is a good example of how complicated Survivor has sometimes become. The goodwill advantage is something that negates a negative effect from a different advantage you can get in the game. You know what I mean? It's the antidote to having lost yes. your vote in yes. the beware advantage. And it's like, Oh, it's an antidote. I love that. Yeah. So it's just like, are we getting to a point where this is all a little too convoluted when there's like advantages that correct the disadvantages from other advantages? Question mark. No, I think they're actually simplifying it because these advantages at least make sense they are playing on something the viewer already knows a lot about which is idols all their thing all they're doing is extending the time frame and then with this like whole you get your vote back thing it is a little bit of a twist because you're deep into the like well you need to know that there's an advantage that you could lose your vote but we're about five seasons now into the losing your vote and the good thing about that is the only thing the only opposite to that is to get your vote back which they're talking about all the time so i think they're actually choosing the simplest forms of advantages rather than what i think was the most terrible advantage of all time the let's break the um, little glass and turn back time advantage. Now that was confusing. We're having flashbacks. There's two teams. People are moving. This is like completely new to Survivor point blank period. That is a quick way to make your viewers confused. These advantages are all based in something the viewers know really well. They're just making it a little more elaborate, a little more fun, a little more spicy. Yeah, I'm convinced by that. And I also think it's an example of something that might have been too complicated in a 60 minute episode but a 90-minute episode can handle. Mm, well, we're going to probably test that. I bet they keep this for next season, and we'll probably be going back to 60-minute episodes. So Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. No news there yet, but we'll see. Um, yeah, and, and another thought here about Sabaya. This is, of course, the beginning of the Lulu story here. I was pretty shocked that Sabaya floats Caleb as a threat to Emily and Sean here when they're on the beach this early in the game based on the logic of I don't want to sit next to him at the end. What do you think, Kayla? Is it, was it too early to pull this move or is it just that she sort of got unlucky with the execution? I think good move, wrong reasoning. Like, I don't think the reason to get rid of Caleb was because you didn't want to sit next to him at the end. That's a little silly right now. But a good reason to get rid of Caleb is that he's been to that other tribe. You don't, unbeknownst to you, but he's been handing out goodwill advantages. He's super social and is going to be a challenge threat. And looking around after this, is three of y'all. Like, you've seen the show. You know you're going down to two tribes. So I liked what she said about we would have to rely on other people and convince them that Caleb is a threat or we could just like do this quick and dirty right now ourselves. And so that thinking I actually thought makes sense. I do think it was Caleb's time to go because they are losing anyway. <laughs> like there's no reason to keep the person who will like maybe get you a fruit basket every now and then. It's not necessary. Um, she did execute this poorly but it's really just her own like i don't even think she executed it poorly it was truly just just hubris hubris alone was her downfall. Yeah.
All right, last leg of the recap. At Lulu, there are a couple of possibilities in play. And this gets complicated, so bear with me, listeners. Sabaya wants Emily and Sean to join her in voting Caleb because she still thinks he's a big threat. As a cover story, Sabaya says that Caleb should tell Emily to vote for Sabaya, and Sabaya will tell Emily to vote for Caleb to keep her in the dark. But Emily's redemptive arc is not yet over. Shortly before Tribal, Emily tells Caleb that he is 100% on the chopping block, and if he doesn't vote Sabaya, he will go home. But will Caleb believe her? If that wasn't complicated enough, Sabaya still doesn't have her vote because the idol she found won't be activated until the wax is melted off. Since Lulu has no fire, she decides to openly put it in the tribal council fire in front of Jeff and the rest of her tribe. Jeff is asking his little questions, but Sabaya and sous chef Sean are really focused on tending that fire. Eventually, the the wax melts and Sabaya pockets the idol. At Tribal, Emily acts like it's a foregone conclusion that she's going home. You can see Caleb's wheels turning. He is scrutinizing every word Emily and Sabaya say. When they go to vote, Sabaya opens her idol at the voting booth where she learns about the idol's stipulations. Effectively, she has to either A, play the idol tonight, or B, sacrifice her vote in this Tribal and pocket an idol that stays in play until everyone is on the same beach. The votes are read. We see Sean's vote for Caleb. We see Emily's vote for Sabaya and Caleb's vote for Sabaya. There are only three votes. Sabaya decided to sacrifice her vote to keep the idol, so she is sent home. Ah! <laughs> what did you think? What did you think? This whole section was icking me out. Like, the vibes were terrible. I hated it. I don't think Jeff liked it, which is part of what was making me so uncomfortable. I think this threw him off. I don't think he likes this season. I think he's mad at his producers. I think they've made too many unforced errors. Like, watching him watch Sabaya cook out this candle, he didn't know what to do. Our typically unflappable, lovely, amazing, perfect Jeff Probst was like, uh, do I keep asking my questions? Do I just let the candle cook? Do I cut it off? Like, what is going to happen? And I think our host failed us in this moment. I, I couldn't watch. Okay. I, I, I can't bite my tongue anymore. It is clear that we have very different views on this episode <laughs> and this sequence in particular. Let's skip ahead to Mock Tribal and Gavilin, another edition. <laughs> oh no, we're fighting. The girls are if fighting. If you don't already know, <laughs> if you don't... Excuse me, there's a spiel I have to give. If you don't already know, Mock Tribal is when your typically agreeable hosts spit fire and spare no feelings as we disagree on a survivor subject of some controversy. Kayla, what's on the docket today? I guess whether or not this was a good episode. <laughs> let's talk about this episode and let's talk about this tribal. For me, the sort of game theory and strategy of this was one of the best and most compelling stories I've seen at Tribal for a long time. Are you being for real? I'm being completely for real. (laughs) For the people who can't see, Isaac is making these very deliberate hand gestures in his eye. Like, think Obama on the trail. Like, really deliberate. (laughs) Continue. I'm going to, yeah, I'll go into Obama mode. That's fine. I... So, so the reason that this was such a good sequence is because of the complexity of the strategic decisions each player is making. Sabaya is coming at the person who has been her number one ally from the beginning because she all of a sudden perceives him as a threat. 
to cloak her plan, she creates this ruse that ends up almost <laughs> deceiving Caleb because she says, tell Emily to vote for me. And so when Emily comes to Caleb and warns him, it like could easily be Emily coming him to him sincerely, or it could be just Sabaya's plan unfolding. Like that kind of ambiguity is what I found so, so interesting. Did you think it was ambiguous? It was it was totally <laughs> ambiguous because the em, Emily saying that is exactly what Caleb would have expected if Sabaya is carrying out the plan that she and Caleb agreed on. Okay, sure, but she ran up to him in the woods. Like, I don't think that, like, this just felt so earnest. Her eyes were so far out of her head. She was like, alert, alert, you're about to get voted off. And I don't think, I don't know, it seemed very obvious to me that she was being earnest. Well, let's talk about the candle thing. I thought it was freaking hilarious and amazing that, like, Sabaya like upsets the traditional dynamic at tribal council where Jeff is like head of the show and she does like this little food network segment where she's like yeah Sabaya has a whole bit going she keeps pulling out shit from her bag to like turn it right and at one point she's like Sean canteen me and he's ready with like a canteen of water to cool down the idol I was like it's a whole routine that was amazing and then the dramatic stakes, the dramatic stakes of Sabaya only being able to read the stipulations on the idol at the voting booth and having to make a decision live at the last moment like that. Like, how is that not amazing TV? Because I already was so awkward. <laughs> and keep in mind that this is the culmination of Emily's three episode journey where she started as the most hated player like ever, including among the fan base and her fellow tribe mates, had her like journey, Caleb brings her in. And then the reward of Caleb's sort of strategic know-how and good nature is that Emily comes to him with information and she ends up siding with him at a moment where it wasn't even clearly to me in her self-interest. It felt like a truly benevolent act. But anyway, I've been going on for some time, Kayla. How does this not all add up to a great episode? I'm confused. Here's the thing. I'm not, we can address that part in a minute, but we were, we were watching the same tribal. I don't understand why Sabaya didn't think that Emily had turned on her because Emily started just talking about a third plot that nobody had considered. She was talking about, oh, I'm on the bottom, da 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 da, which was to me a plot line from two episodes ago. So if I were at this tribal and Emily started talking about not the plan that I said, which is like, oh, who knows? Anybody could be going home and really obfuscating the fact that I've told you to say Caleb and or you could be like, well, me and Sabaya have really been beefing. I'm still seeing her as a target. Like even that would make sense. But the fact that she's coming with some past tense information shows she couldn't be thinking quick enough. To me, that was a huge red flag that something is off with your plan because Miss Ma'am is talking about a plot line from 48 hours ago. (laughs) It didn't uh, even make sense. (laughs) But if you're Sabaya and you want to keep it a secret that you're coming for Caleb, isn't what Emily's doing perfect? Is don't you want Emily to seem like it's a no? Because you should say something that still makes sense with the plot. You shouldn't all, because that's also not what I said to tell you to tell Caleb. So like, it's not like 
I said go to Caleb and say, oh, yeah, Sabaya came to me. She still thinks it's me. Like, my time has come to an end. It is both not the truth and not what I told you to tell him. And so, therefore, you've chosen a third option that you've created out of your mind and not what I said, which shows that I'm not running things and should therefore set off alarm bells. Okay, so so there's another, I think, a consequence of our diverging opinions on whether this is a good episode is also our evaluation of Sabaya. To me, I think Sabaya made a pretty good mood move and kind of got unlucky. Like I think with the information she had, the opportunity to gain an idol that was going to be good until the merge or the fake merge or, and you have to earn your spot in the merge, which is why we have this stupid beach language. Um, <laughs> sorry. It's a different podcast. Hater. Uh, but I thought she like, I love episodes where I feel like everyone actually played pretty rationally and like did the right thing. And it's just like, who gets to clamber to the top of the strategic pile? And to me, that's was the story of this episode. No, Sabaya was not reading the tea leaves effectively. And also you're sitting in that voting booth. Why risk it? Even if you think it's going to go your way, because, okay, this was another thing that was not making sense to me. We, I believe, and I think you also believe, that we're going to go to two tribes. Yeah. But in this new era of Survivor, you could technically be on one beach tomorrow. Like, there was no, you know you're too small to be your own tribe, so you know there's going to be some kind of merge. What I don't think you're sure of, people are worried about knowledge is power and this is that. What I really would be worried about is are we merging right now, which is totally possible, or are we going to two? And with this vague language, to me, it's not a good bet because that instance could be the next time that you approach tribal and you will have lost your vote for what one more one more possible day of safety other than an assured day of safety right now there's only been three tribals they know that they're not merging they know that they're not but they could why do you think they used to merge they used to not go to two they used to just merge so you're saying that smile is telling you Mm mm-hmm you're saying Sabaya was counting on an uncertain sort of proposition in the first place. And so to risk that yes. tribal for an uncertain advantage, I profoundly disagree. I don't think it was, I don't think it was That's that uncertain crazy. of a benefit. I think, I think that, <laughs> no. I think that she was about to be in one of the best positions in the entire game if she could pull that off. And she had every reason to think that she could. And it's only because of this extraordinary tale of Emily's redemptive art. I'm actually mad. We are watching different episodes of television. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. This is crazy. Completely branch. I, if you've, if you've never written into the podcast before, write in this week and help us settle. Today's the day. Cause like, I feel a lot like I'm very confident in my perspective, but there is this ambient confusion in my mind because I don't think Kayla and I have ever been on such different pages about an episode of Survivor. So please help us settle this dispute. Time to play a slow little game with my very misguided co-host, but I'm calling this game a little bit of luxury, um, a little bit of survivor history, which I read on the internet because as our 
viewers know I'm a newer Survivor watcher, but apparently our castaways used to have access to like one luxury item. Um, and this luxury item couldn't actually be useful, but it was more like a comfort item. So Nope, I picked out some of my favorites from past seasons. Notebook, that's not actually my favorite, but it's a good example. Magic 8-Ball, golf clubs, giant Texas flag. Um, you could also do things like necklaces or other trinkets. Um, but now I think some people just get to wear necklaces as part of their casting. Based on the internet, please write into outwit, outplay, outpod at gmail.com if I'm getting anything wrong, but this was phased out in the Pearl Island season. But today's game is, Isaac, what would you bring as your little bit of luxury and why? Ooh, fun. Okay. First, I want to mention one of the examples that you said, the giant Texas flag. That was Colby in one of the very early seasons. Colby is like, uh, you might have seen one of his later seasons, Kayla. He was like the sort of cowboy Texan vibe. Yes. I don't think I saw his first one. He also later featured in an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, which we could talk about at a different time. Um, anyway, uh, what would my comfort item be? I will say, I mean, I know it's a very boring answer and you gave it as an example. 100% a notebook and a writing implement. I Just knew the, you were going to bring this notebook. Ugh, I, I know, I know, <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know it's boring, but like being able to write shit down and like having a list of your castmates and like being like I think they're an alliance I think they're an alliance and figuring out what you should do like my brain needs the extra sort of like hard drive space that the written word can provide and so I would choose a notebook but if you're bored by that answer I can think of another but why don't you give yours fine I'll give mine um the people who did bring notebooks in past seasons did exactly what you were describing which I think in part is why they were like put the kibosh on this whole exercise um also wait can I just Time out for a second. The examples you gave, you included a notebook and golf clubs. I mean, why did you choose my top two <laughs> comfort items? <laughs> for because examples? I wanted you to think outside the box. So I was like, I'm going to really put baby in a corner here. <laughs> I don't know who I am outside of writing and golf. So I'm SOL. But let's hear yours. <laughs> so I think my luxury item would be all about making connections so I think I would actually bring one of those little games where you're supposed to like I've never actually played this but build a connection with your spouse and there's all these little questions and I think I would bring that to play with the castaways um so that we all would feel like we were bonded and also would be a good way to spend the time get people chatting like kind of apples to apples vibes some kind of game as you know i'm queen of those little games so i'm bringing a game that is that's a great call that's so good you're so bored on this island if you can provide any little diversion yeah and you get to learn things yeah you get to learn things about your fellow castmates people are having fun i love it great choice for a comfort item that was a fun little game thanks your co-hosts are back together (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh and why don't our fans throw throw an email to the pod tell us what your favorite comfort item would be should you get onto survivor at widowplayoutpod at gmail.com but now let's head to our final segment of the week survivors on the move kayla whose stock is rising for you this week 
Um, I'm going to say Jay, not because she did anything in particular, but because I think this two tribe thing is going to just shake it up. And so basically anybody who might feel as if they are a bit adrift in their current tribe um, is going to kind of get a new shot at life here. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, I, I have to I have to give it up to Emily. I mean, no one has moved down more quickly in one episode than Emily did in episode one. And I would argue few people have moved up more quickly than Emily did in episode three. She has won an ally for life in Caleb. She has completely turned around her vibe and her game. There just is no other choice. Uh, whose stock is falling <laughs> for you this week, Kayla? My man, Sean, he was shook at that boat. Like, <laughs> he did not see it coming. And to his, to be fair, I actually don't think Caleb and Emily are the type of people who will be like, you voted against the family. Um, they don't give me that energy, but it's still not great to be the only person on the wrong side of a boat in such a small tribe and especially going into new dynamics. Yeah, Sean's facial expression when Sabaya was voted out was so many emotions in a single snapshot. Uh, that was a lot, poor guy, but hopefully he gets a he gets a second chance at life with a potential merge coming up next week, at least into two tribes. I'll say down for me is Kendra. I don't think Kendra is when push comes to shove and when she has to head to tribal councils, I think that she is going to be an open book to a lot of people. And I'm reading into that because of the way in which she connected with Jake this episode. I ultimately don't think I was really high on the Kelly Katura Kendra Alliance that was formed early on in episode one. I was like, I was like, they could run this. And I'm, I just, nah, I'm, I, I, it's losing it for me. I think (laughs) Kelly is, Kelly is more interested in the Brando Alliance and Kendra is talking to everyone, saying a lot. So I no longer have as much faith as I did in what I thought was going to be a kind of dominant Three Stooges style alliance. R.I.P. Three Stooges. Yeah, R.I.P. Which, by the way, to close out the episode, Lulu, the losing tribe, three people remain. Could we get another Tika situation? (laughs) Yeah, no. What am I saying? No, just no. <laughs> just no. All right, folks, that's all from us this week. If you want to share your fire takes, shoot us an email at witoutplayoutpod at gmail.com. We love reading those on the podcast. And if you're enjoying our show, spread the word. Tell a friend about us and rate us on your favorite podcasting app. We really appreciate it. We'll be back next Friday to talk about the next episode of Survivor Season 45. But until then, the tribe has spoken, and so have we. Thank you.